Good morning. How are we doing? All right. You cannot be quiet. So that's the rule. Uh, my love language is words of affirmation. So if I hear some amens, dude, dude. Yeah, you'll be, yeah. There we go. Hey, someone got it, right? So we need to have some energy. Uh, let's see. So how are we going to do this? All right. I want this zone to just say, ah, as long as you can. Ready, set, go. That was like three of you. Okay, here we go. What about this zone? Can you do better than them? Oh, wow. I got an oh, yeah. All right, here we go. One, two, three. That's the best one so far. Some of you sound like pirates, though, so you might want to fix that. All right, how's this zone doing? Three, two, one. I'll give you a second chance. Three, two, one. Better. Ooh, you're all in pitch, too. Were you guys in choir? How many of you are in choir in this zone? Anybody? See? Okay, a lot of you are like, eh, that was me. Okay. Here we go. This last zone, you're the last chance. You're the big ones, okay? We got some singers over here, too. I can just tell. How are we doing? Three, two, one. A little bit deeper over here. Devin, you brought him down a whole octave. Well done. Uh, but yeah, so uh, welcome. I'm Zach Sanders, if you don't know who I am. I'm the ministry admin here at the church. I'm involved in a lot of different aspects and ways. Uh, so if you need something, I'm one of those people to help you out if you've got any questions or anything. Um, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm excited. I've been going to New Horizon here about five years, I believe now, almost six. And uh, it has tremendously blessed me. And it's a true honor um, to serve the house in, in the way that I have. And I just want to thank you guys for that opportunity, for Pastor Dwayne and Joel, for this opportunity as well, and, and continuing to, to preach and, and to uh, have a role here at New Horizons. So that's an amazing thing. Uh, so today you'll see uh, on my sermon slide, it says divine uh, design. So uh, you're like, oh, what does that mean, divine design? So it's knowing who we are, essentially. So we're, today we're going to talk about knowing who we actually are in Jesus and uh, knowing the divine design he has for us. Now, uh, I don't know the divine design that he has for each of you specifically. He has a role and a purpose for each of you. I do not know what that role and purpose is. Maybe we could discern. Maybe we could spend some time prophetically releasing that over each one of you this morning, but we don't have time for that. So what we're going to do is we're going to give you the keys this morning to seeing in this new year, what is your divine design? What is your purpose? And then uh, capturing that purpose and conquering it with joy. So anyway, uh, for many of you and for me, um, this has been a challenging year. I don't know. Uh, how many have had a little bit of a challenging year in some way or regard? Okay, then that was right on. That's word of the Lord. Amen. Uh, but no, I, I really felt that uh, this was kind of a rough year for some people. Some crazy stuff going on, maybe some loss uh, in, the, uh, in the family, maybe some oppression, some form of uh, oppression on lives, maybe retreating from promises and goals. Um, I don't know, when I was kind of prepping for this, it's all stuff I kind of felt, and I kind of went through a similar season of that. Um, and so basically for me, uh, it hasn't been an externally difficult year. So there hasn't been like difficult circumstances, you know, I haven't been in need, whatever. But there's been some form of oppression that has come on me, and I had to overcome a lot of bitterness. Anyone, ha- anyone been there having to overcome a lot of bitterness? Yeah, it's really hard. And this year was uh, tremendous. It was just like the enemy kept throwing it at me, and I had to keep dealing with it. And it really took me off of my uh, focus, off the Lord um, in a lot of respects. It took my focus away from the things that were important, and it was really difficult. And, uh, but God also has used this season as a discipline season. Uh, sometimes discipline hurts. How many know? Amen. All the kids in here said amen, right? But uh, yeah, it's a difficult thing to be disciplined of the Lord, right? And so for me, maybe like you, I've gone through uh, a lot of the things that I relied on and I built my life up on. Not, you know, they weren't sinful, they weren't bad, but God has just been removing those over the course of this year and establishing himself as that stronghold, 
that cornerstone. And it's very difficult because all these other things you trusted in, you relied in, your own skills, abilities, whatever, that stuff has, will fail you. And so he's getting it out of the way, and it's a very difficult thing. And then also, for me, maybe like you, the apparent juiciness of his presence hasn't been as fresh this year as it's been in years past, right? And so God has been training me this year, maybe like you, to, uh, to understand he's still there with you, right? Will you still obey what he's asking you to do, even when that juiciness of who he is, that sweetness of his presence, doesn't feel as close? And I've learned that I based a lot of what I've done with Jesus on how I feel, Oh, the Holy Spirit's on this. I feel it's really strong. Well, what if that feeling isn't there? Are you still going to trust in the word that he gave you? So I don't know if you're in that similar season. um, But for me, that has been the season I'm in. It's been rather difficult, but he's been training us up. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, If that's a season you are into, and if this, just a a side note, if you're not in that season, you're still going to learn some stuff today. So don't just leave. Okay, you can't just leave. All right, everyone say amen. All right, that bound you here, so you cannot leave. Okay. So, uh, lies and distraction. The devil in these types of seasons loves to bring in lies, right? You can see it in the Garden of Eden, right? They spent, literally, Adam and Eve spent every day walking with the Lord. They were in close relationship with the Lord, but yet the devil still came in and, and weaved a little lie with some truth, right? And made it seem, and they took, basically, it took their focus away from what was really important. It took their focus away from the Lord and then, obviously, sin entered in, and then we, we had to deal with that. And Jesus, obviously, had to deal with that later on. But he tries to distract us. That's his purpose, right? Jesus kind of stripped away his authority. But he'll still try to deceive us into making silly choices, doing silly things, right? Stressing our own selves out about things that don't really matter. Uh, he is oppressive and altogether unwholesome. He seeks victory through constantly attacking our foundation, so that's why Jesus is so adamant that we, he must be the cornerstone. Because if not, you will fail and you will fall. Because he'll just chop down the weak points of your foundation away until you have nothing left. And the things that you thought were important uh, actually turn out to be nothing at all. That's why Jesus is so adamant about that being our foundation. He attacks, here's some things he attacks. He may attack you in this. Uh, our positions and authority. He attacks our relationships. He attacks our righteousness. He attacks our thought life. That's a big one. He attacks us and tries to use ourselves to destroy ourselves, right? And it's very crazy. But he has no real power over us because we have Jesus, right? Jesus won the ultimate victory over the devil on the cross 2,000 years ago. So we literally get to live in a victory that we've had for 2,000 years. But sometimes we forget. We forget how powerful the Lord is. And we, in our minds, somehow think that the devil is this all big and powerful creature when he's really not. Right? His power and his authority was stripped. Uh, and so, basically, Colossians 3, 1 through 4, I think we have this verse. Uh, so if we could load that, awesome. Thank you so much. Who's back there today? Is that Derek? Booyah. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Since then, you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. So, one way to overcome the enemy, uh, set your minds on things above. Right? Wherever we're setting our mind, our focus, our attention, right? Our treasure, wherever we're focusing our attention on, that's going to be what we're, our, our lives are going to follow after. So when we set our things on, our minds on things above, not on earthly things, we're basically setting our, our, our thought life on Christ. So when the devil tries to come and attack our thought life, right? The way we see ourselves, the way we see our purpose, the way we see our destiny, 
if we're thinking constantly of Jesus, if we're thinking constantly of higher things, that other stuff can't get in, right? It's like we're a Roman centurion. We got our shield up. Nothing can get through, right? So it's important to understand that we have to have um, set our things on uh, our minds on things above. Another verse uh, that you know is important and reminds us uh, how important renewing ourselves and, and setting ourselves on Jesus is Romans twelve two. And you guys know this well. We say this a lot here at New Horizon. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's hard to be confused about what God's will is for your life if you're constantly being renewed in the knowledge and, and, and the patterns of who Jesus is rather than the patterns of the world. If you get into the patterns of the world, you're focusing on, on what's important in the world, right? You're striving after that stuff. You're worrying. You're constantly stressing. It's going to affect who you are. It's going to affect your identity. It's going to affect your purpose. So it's important to remember to constantly renew our minds. And finally, uh, another way to counter the lies and the distraction that the enemy brings is constantly taking up our cross right? Every day. That's a rough thing. I don't want to take it up every day. <laughs> I want to take it up one time and then just be done with it, right? And so I, th- I think about it kind of like a garden. How many of you have a gar- some form of a garden at your house or your home? Some form. Okay, how many, have, how many have a plant of some sort at your house? Okay, perfect. Great. All right, so you know when you put that plant in the pot or you bought it at Safeway, it was pre-potted, right? Or you have your garden out set before you in your yard, Right? You know, when you first do it, it's pristine. I mean, it's beautiful. You should be proud of yourself because you did a good job. Right? And so literally, there's no errors in what you've done. It's absolutely beautiful. There's no weeds that have grown. You know, bugs haven't tried to eat your tomato plants. Whatever, right? So you have a literally a pristine thing. That's kind of what happens when Jesus comes in. He cleans us up, right? He makes us righteous before him. Well, guess what? Guess what? Sometimes the weeds come in. Now, there's a few different choices you can, you can let happen. You can allow those weeds to continue to grow, or you can forcefully remove them. Do they have authority to be there? No. The devil had no, has no authority over you, right? When you're in Jesus, he has no legal authority over you. However, if he's trying to enter in through lies and deception, and you notice that some weeds start popping up, what do you have to do? You have to remove them. You can't just let them grow. You can't be lazy or else your garden will be taken over or your lovely tomato plant sitting in the corner of your house that you hardly water will have lots of weeds growing and you'll be very disappointed in the results. You're like, what happened? When I started this thing, this was all pristine. It was perfect. I even put the weed blocker in, right? But it all, it it somehow finds a way in and that's when you need to remove it, right? Setting your things on, or your mind on things above, constantly renewing your mind, if you stop renewing, right, like the garden, if you stop renewing that garden, other stuff is going to grow in there that you don't want, right? And then if you get lazy, you're going to encounter some difficulty and be choked out later on and, under, and not understand why. It's because you did not continue to uh, uh, take the weeds out of your garden. So it's just a thought. That was something for me. Bitterness, I didn't fully remove it, and it kept coming back, and it choked me. And it was a problem. So the same thing with you. We've got to be intense with how we encounter the devil. And we've got to say, uh, no, heck no, not in my life. I'm not going to encounter this anymore. This is not who I am. Jesus had made me for a higher calling and a higher purpose. And we forcefully remove whatever reign he has. Do you understand? Uh, it's also like the Israelites in the Old Testament. 
Joshua led them into the promised land, right? They'd gone in. They started attacking the Canaanites, the Jebusites, all these guys, right? They started eliminating all of them from the promised land. Well, here was the issue. Joshua died. Then what happened? The people who came after Joshua did not finish the job. The word of the Lord was eliminate everybody in the promised land because they will cause you to fail if you allow them to, leave, allow them to live. Well, guess what? They didn't fully eliminate them. They had victories. They had early victories, right? They took the land that they needed and wanted, but then they still left the surrounding territories open with their enemies. And guess what? It came back to hurt them. And they end up spending a long time lost in their sin, not really realizing that if they had just followed what the Lord wanted for them and they pulled up the weeds, they fully defeated the enemies in the first place, they wouldn't be encountering that problem later on. Okay? So it's the same thing with us. It's the same thing with us. Maybe for some of us, uh, some old defeated enemies maintain some uh, property in our borders. Those have to be forcefully removed. Right? And how do we do it? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Revelation twelve eleven. We just stick with what Jesus has for us. We continue to tell those things to go and don't allow them place in our lives. Because the nutrition in your garden is meant for you, not for others, not for other things. Okay, so, to, to- totally and utterly walk out in the authority and position that God has given us, uh, we need to know who we are. Right? So we know, okay, we need to keep our garden clear. Right? We need to keep our borders in, in check. We need to take the land that God has given us. Right? But, but we, to do that, we need to know who we are. We need to know what is our God-given purpose? Why are we here on this earth? What are we going through life? Uh, and, and like, what, what is our purpose in life? So, uh, so, funny story about knowing who we are, and I think some of you will appreciate this, those who are involved in the youth ministry. Uh, so we were playing a football game with the youth. Myself and a bunch of the youth leaders, right? We have a bunch of the youth out there. It's a lot of fun. It's a chance for um, the youth leaders to kind of get back at all the stinkers in the youth group. You know what I mean? Um, so, so we're playing flag football. We're over at Surprise Lake Middle School. And so there were some, actually some guests who were there that time. Some like friends of friends of people who attended New Horizon. They ended up coming out and having a bunch of fun. Well, one of them turned out to be, um, I don't know, a little reckless, a little violent. I mean, it's flag football with youth, right? Okay, so he's, he's like treating it like it's a Super Bowl and he's a lineman. Okay, so there's a bunch of youth out there. He's like starting to swear and nail people super hard. And so in um, my God-given abilities, I uh, decided, okay, this is enough. Uh, we're going to play by the rules of the game, but I'm going to play a little rougher on him, right? So I decided, and I guess some other players decided, all right, we're going to stick it to this guy. Fairly, reminds you, okay? Fairly. So we kind of stuck it to him. I ended up chasing him down on one play, and I, and, and, uh, I accidentally tore, <laughs> tore his shirt reaching for the flag, right? Tore a big old hole right down the side. So obviously, um, the person he was at that time, uh, he uh, got a little angry, started swearing at me in front of all the youth, right? And that obviously set off some of the leaders. They're like, dude, you're around a bunch of youth, bro. Like, control your language. What's going on? And so he was just really upset. I'm like, dude, I've ripped my shirt playing flag football. It's not a big deal. I was going for the flag. You know, sorry, whatever. So then we move on later on in the game. We keep playing hard against him. He keeps getting stopped, and he's just losing his mind. Well, it gets to one play where they're then on offense. I'm on defense. I'm playing directly against him, and he's a lot bigger than me. So thank the Lord for big friends here at New Horizon. But um, 
he ends up coming in. I'm going for the quarterback. He just trucks me, lays me on my back, right? This is flag football, okay? This is not like real football. So, and I'm a soccer player, so if I get hit, I'm going down always. Um, so, yeah, thanks for laughing, everybody. You know it's true. But, uh, yeah, so I go down. I get up. There's a lot of yelling, some chaos for a second. I'm like, dude, you need to get out of here. This is, like, not okay. You know, some of my big friends come over, like Spencer Jeffries. Yeah, Derek was out there coming over, like, helping me out. I'm like, yeah, yeah, what's up, what's up, right? And so, um, and I remember yelling at him. I remember he's, like, saying stuff back. I'm like, you don't know who you are. Because if you did, you wouldn't be doing this at a youth football game. You don't know who you are. And in response, as I get teased for a lie, I said, I know who I am. <laughs> because I had to tell him, I know, I know, right? As, as the big guys are holding me back, right? Yeah. They're probably, actually, they're probably holding him back, but let's, I, I like to remember my version of the story better. Um, but it's funny. No, we do all sorts of silly things when, when Jesus is in our foundation or when he's not on our mind. We just do silly things. Um, People seek love and attention from other things without fulfillment. And we fill our lives with empty things to bring about fulfillment. So things like social media, sleeping around, drugs, alcohol. The list or the lusting goes on, right? It's interesting. We fill our lives with this stuff. And it never truly brings about a fulfillment. And that's why people have to keep consuming more and more and more, and they never get enough. It's effectively spiritual and mental band-aids. And we put these on. These little band-aids. Do they fix a problem? No, obviously we're not feeling loved. We're not feeling a fulfillment, so we're looking at all this other stuff. So then what do we do? Do we go to the source who can fix the problem, fix the wound? No, we just put a band-aid on it, and it continues to bleed. It continues to fester. And we can't do that. We can't do that. This is evident in Proverbs 31, 1 through 9. And I think we have that uh, up there as well. This is um, basically the sayings of King Lemuel, uh, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. Another, uh, you were like, who's King Lemuel? Well, basically, a lot of scholars and theologians think that this is in reference to King Solomon. Um, And so this would be something that was taught to and said to King Solomon over time. And it's just basically a reminder that we need to not have our focus on those things. Um, so let's, uh, let's start here. So listen, my son, listen, son of my womb, listen, my son, the answer to my prayers. Do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. It is not for kings, Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer. Let's stay there for a second. Let's go back. Do not spend your strength on women. That's not saying, you know, don't spend time with women, right? It's, it's, <laughs> it's basically saying, don't lust after things that will not bring the true fulfillment. Jesus is the true fulfillment. They will not bring that, right? And obviously, Solomon had a little bit of an issue with women. He had a lot of wives and a lot of concubines. So I don't know whether he actually took this to heart, but it's very interesting. Also, another version, all the men will appreciate this. It says uh, another version of that, another translation of strength there is, uh, do not spend your strength, it's uh, wealth. Do not spend your wealth on women. All the men said? <laughs> okay, right on. Uh, women, you can get whatever you want after church now, because they did that, so just so you know. 
Uh, yeah, very interesting. And then that next part is not for kings level. It's not for kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer. And then let's go to the next slide. Lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those who are in anguish. Basically what that's saying is be of sober mind. Don't let stuff distract you away from your purpose. Be of sober mind, right? Don't lust after things that won't bring fulfillment and be of sober mind so you can make the decisions you need to in your life, right? So it's very interesting, very, very good stuff. Some of us are also on the opposite spectrum, right? We don't have issues with that, but we do uh, try to please God through our works. We try to do things that get God's attention. God, look at me. I'm awesome. I pray every day. I worship. When I'm, at, when I'm in the service, I close my eyes, right? I'm really, I'm really spiritual, right? I'm really good at that, right? No, God doesn't, that's all like superficial stuff. That's all superficial stuff, right? We can't please God through sacrifice. If we could, we'd still be under the law, right? We'd still be, we, there'd be no need for Jesus, right? There, he, he's, not, he's not really pleased by that, right? It's kind of like the story of the, the tax collector and the Pharisee. They're both, Jesus told this story. They're both at the temple. And if you remember in the story, the Pharisee was praying and, and basically was thanking God. Thank you, God, that I'm not like this tax collector and sinner over here. Thank you, God, that I give a, you know, a tenth of my, my uh, income to, to, the, to the temple tax. And just thank you that I am not like all of them, you know. And he basically was, was applying his righteousness through the works, all the stuff he did. Look how righteous I am because I line up and I look good in front of everybody because I follow all these silly laws. But then it talks about the tax collector, and Jesus made a point to emphasize this. The tax collector went up, and he beat his breast before God. And he said, I'm sorry, you know, for being a sin- sinner. And he humbled himself before the Lord. And then Jesus said that really only one of them left justified before the Lord that day. And guess who it was? The tax collector. Not because of the works he did. He couldn't earn God's love, but he came in humility and obedience to what he was doing and just said, God, I need you. And he left justified before the Lord. So it's not an issue either of pleasing God through works. Your righteousness doesn't come by the stuff you do. It's because of who you know. So it's, it's, something, to, it's, it's something good to remember that God, that's how God works. So we've got to know who we are. We have to know who we are. You have to be able to say, I know who I am, right? It's almost like uh, teenagers. If you think about this, teenagers are just funky, okay? Join our youth ministry, you know. Um, but no, they're just kind of, they're kind of, they're kind of funky, kind of weird, right? Teenagers go through a stage in their life where they, they say really silly things. They just do really silly things, and it's okay. Because they're learning what? Who they are. Right? They're trying to find out, wait, what are my interests really? What am I good at? What do I like to do? Right? And how many remember their teenage years, maybe junior high, high school, of just being super silly? Just super silly. Yeah, I mean, okay, funny story. You guys may not have gone through a stage like this, but I did. Uh, junior high, seventh grade, um, I, I, there's a girl at the school. She, I mean, I had a crush on her big time, right? She was everything I wanted and more. Except I didn't really know her. So, um, <laughs> she was in a similar, yeah, she, <laughs> she was in a similar friend group to me. And so I kind of knew who she was. And I spent a lot of time with her brother and stuff. But I didn't really know her. But 
I felt like I could. You know? So, so I decided in front of everybody during lunchtime, everyone was out in this like quad area. Blue Junior High. Anyone go there? Anyone from there? Amen. Amen. I went to school with him. Okay. But yeah, so basically everybody was in the quad. And I remember going out there and basically in front of everyone asking her out. And you know what she said? Very politely, uh, no. So then, and, and, and beforehand, like, my, my boys, you know, they were like, they're all like, oh, you got this, man, you got this, go do it now, go do it now, right, egging me on, they knew she was going to say no, but in my mind, I'm like, dude, yeah, all right, no one said no before, well, there's only been one other, so there's, you know, it's like, what are you going to do, and it was elementary school, so what are you going to do, but it's just really funny, we do silly things when we don't know who we are, we make silly decisions when we don't know who we are, right, and so that was me, and that was me. But God has something in store for all of us this next year. So if you had a, a, a crazy year, I just want to encourage you, this next year is going to be nuts. But we've got to enforce that victory. Amen. Amen. So here's the promises that reveal identity. So if we're going to know who we are, we have to know the promises of the Lord over our life that reveal our identity so we can walk out in the path that God has ordained for us. All right, here we go. Are you ready? Here's the first one. We have authority and dominion. What do you have dominion over? Let's go to Psalm 115, 16. The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind. Who do you give it to? What do we have authority over? earth. Now remember, if you remember back in Genesis, you'll remember that uh, he gave the earth to humanity, right? Then the devil came, deceived Adam and Eve, took their authority. What did Jesus do? He took it back. And then he restored everything that is his father's then to us. He brought us into the closeness of his trinity so he could show us how he really loves us. And he gave us, literally, he gave us like everything. He's like, dude, just spend time with me. Just be in me and you get everything. Like, that's nuts. That's nuts. That's a good God. That's a good father. That really is a good father. Let's go back to that Psalm 115 really quick. The highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth he has given to mankind. Right? So the earth is ours. We have authority and dominion here in every aspect, in every regard. In our job, in our families, in our health. We have literally, in every regard, have authority and dominion over this earth. Right? And so it's, cr- it's crazy. Over the animals, over the sea, over the weather, we have literally authority over everything. Now, the degree that you actually believe that is the degree that you will operate in dominion over it. So if you don't believe you have dominion over it, guess what? That's what we're going to operate in. You've prophetically spoken over your life that that's how far you're going to go. So you're limiting yourself. So no, you have dominion and authority over this earth in every regard because that's been ordained and given to you by the Lord, by God, who is all power, and he has given you power over the earth to make those decisions and to have authority. Point two. We don't just have dominion and authority, but we are kings and priests. So let's go to uh, Revelation 5.11. Actually, 5, 9 through 10. Okay. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. Talking about Jesus. Because you were slain. 
And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. And then do we have verse 11? Uh, Well, I'll just read it. Uh, You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God. The King James Version says kings and priests. So we are kings and priests here. Which then applies that whole Proverbs 31 thing that we're talking about. You know, the whole, uh, the, you know, do not drink or crave wine or beer kind of thing. Like that takes it to a whole new perspective. Because sa- she said, Solomon's uh, mom said, that is for who? For kings. Kings shouldn't, shouldn't, should be of sober mind because they have to make decisions that everyone else is going to abide by and going to live in, right? Same thing with you. We need to be of sober mind because we're kings and priests here on this earth. We have an authority that's been given to us, and we need to operate in that authority, and that's why we need to be sober-minded, right? Next one. Number three, in this world, we are like Jesus. Man, this is my favorite verse. I love this verse. 1 John four seventeen. Oh, that's John 4, 17. 1 John. That's all right. I'll read it. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like who? Oh, you guys can be louder than that. In this world, we are like? Jesus. We're like Jesus. We're like Jesus. What did Jesus do? He was a boss. That's what he did. Right? He was amazing. Everything he did was amazing. Right? It says he did everything well. Everything well. Guess what? We can operate in that too. We can operate in that too. What did he spend a large time in his ministry doing? Healing. Healing ministry is for us. Yeah. The prophetic ministry is for us. It's not for big wigs on the stage. It's for everybody who's in the kingdom. Number four, we are seen as perfect and beautiful in his eyes because the blood of Jesus cover us, covers us. You have to realize Jesus actually loves you. He's not some God up there that's waiting to smite you because you mess up. He's just waiting for you. Oh, man, they're going to mess up here. Oh, boom, curses. No, he's not like that, right? He's not like that. Every other, every other religion, their God, that's how he treats them. That's because their God is the devil. <laughs> and that's how the devil treats his servants, Right? So let's go to Song of Songs 4-7. This is essentially Song of Songs is a love letter to uh, basically his bride, the church. And he's basically speaking directly to us here. You are all together beautiful, my darling. There's no flaw in you. This is a summary of Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, either one. You can call it either way. But basically, this is a summary of that whole book. How he talks how beautiful we are. How precious we are in his sight. You are altogether beautiful, my darling. There's no flaw in you. There's no flaw in you. That's amazing. Let's do Hebrews 10, 14. Remember that. No flaw in you. Remember that just for a second. For by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. What are you seen as being in Jesus? Perfect. Flawless, altogether beautiful. That's amazing. That's amazing. That is something we could not attain prior to the law. We're viewed as altogether beautiful. That's amazing. Perfect. 
by one sacrifice of what Jesus did and did on the cross for us. Amazing. Amazing. Also, something to remember, and I've really had to dwell on this for myself. I'm really preaching to myself, so hopefully this is helping you too. All right? But hopefully this is helping you too, but this is a reminder of who I am in Jesus, especially of things that I've forgotten over the course of this year. And maybe you had a similar situation. You've forgotten some of the things that you really are. So being a Christian is not without troubles or discipline, right? We kind of talked about that before. And it's funny. We always think, like, I don't know. I always think that when I'm having no troubles, dude, I am in the thick of Jesus' presence. But if you remember Jesus, he had troubles everywhere he went, right? And we kind of tend to gloss over that fact. He literally had troubles everywhere he went. People wanted to kill him everywhere. Anyone want to kill you at work? Probably not. I mean, maybe. It depends on, you know, where, where you work. But if you're a correctional officer, we'll pray for you later. But, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, it's really, it's really about understanding and it's not without troubles, right? And this is actually a promise of Jesus. This is a promise. So you can take this to heart. Remember this forever. Here we go. John sixteen thirty three. I like evidence. So if I'm using a lot of Bible verses, I'm sorry. I'm very evidential-based. So if, if there's evidence that you can show me, I like to see it because it's a good reminder, okay? So John sixteen thirty three. I've told you these things, Jesus is speaking, so that in me you may have peace. In who? In Oh, you guys are too quiet. In who? Thank you. In this world, you will have trouble. That's a promise. Yes. Thank you, Jesus, for that one. Right? In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world. So you're going to encounter crazy stuff. This year, you probably encountered some crazy situations. But he's overcome the world, and you will overcome those situations when you reside and you hide in him. And if you haven't been doing that, now's the time. 2018 is upon us. Now we can do it. Now we can enter in. Now we can believe. And we're more than a conqueror, right? We're more than a conqueror. Yeah, so good. So good. You know, I want to expand on what Pastor Dwayne was talking about. Can we go to Romans 28? I think, I think I included that in the verse listings. Let's do Romans, or excuse me, 828. <laughs> you're looking for Romans 28. You're like, it's not there. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. All things. You've been experiencing difficulty. Those things will change because God has good ordained for you. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Guess what? You've been called. Those he called, he also justified. Guess what? You've been justified before Jesus. There you go. The righteousness of the law has been met in Jesus. Sin is no longer yours. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up, gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? What did we talk about earlier? Whatever is Jesus is, is also ours. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? 
It is God who justifies. Right? So the devil has nothing on you. The devil has got nothing on you. And we've got to remember that. We've got to remember that. His lies can't stick unless we allow them to. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors. More than what? No, that wasn't good enough. More than what? Say it like you mean it. We're more than what? We're conquerors. We conquer. We take territory. We destroy the enemy's works, right? Jesus came to destroy the enemy's works. Literally, the enemy, the devil, had like thousands of years to build up like all this like crazy stuff, right? Dominion and authority on the earth. And Jesus comes and says, bam, I just took it from you. That stinks. And guess what? Guess what, though? He has positioned us as his people, as the ambassadors of heaven, to enforce his reign on the earth. If we don't enforce it, we are literally not walking out the path that God has ordained for us. Do you understand that? So when you see situations that are not godly, they don't look godly, they don't smell godly, (laughs) right? We have been divinely appointed to affect change, whether in our own situations or elsewhere. When we see someone struggling with depression, we are the answer. Jesus through us. You understand? You are the answer. You are literally the answer. God chooses to operate through his people. It's crazy. I would not use that strategy. Maybe you wouldn't either. You're looking your left and right. Yeah, I don't know about them. But Jesus chose us. (laughs) He's just amazing. Because not only does he show that he loves us, he's given us authority and dominion too. So we're going to walk out in that. Oh my goodness. I apologize, it's rather late. <laughs> we'll have to wor- invite the worship team up. I got all excited. We'll end, uh, we'll end here in, in a second. Uh, last point. Through you, Jesus' kingdom is ever advancing and increasing. Through who? Through you. Isaiah 9, 7. Of the increase, and this is a great, this is like a Christmas verse, so this is fantastic. We're in the right season. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. So peace is increasing. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever, the zeal of the Lord of the hosts will perform this. Who's it through? It's through you. It's through you. So I want to encourage us this morning that we are divinely designed and appointed to overcome every situation that comes our way. We will have trouble. A lot of us did have trouble. It's a promise. But how are we going to face the issues that come along? Are we going to dig in deep with Jesus or are we going to give up? The devil has no authority. He's like, he's like a lion on a billboard. It's really scary when it's up close, but then when you get back, you're like, 
There's no substance to that. Right? So it's a nice memory. It's nice to remember that God has good things for us. Can I have everybody stand, please? December 7th, 2000, or excuse me, December 7th, 1941. <laughs> not, not 2000. Anyone remember what that day is? Pearl Harbor. The nation of Japan attacked the United States and their Pacific fleet in Hawaii on that day. They took a lot of ground. They took a lot of ground. The United States did something that day, though. It's the same way we need to treat the devil. They mustered up all their forces. They didn't give up. They didn't stay sad. The industry of the United States at that point then entered the war for the first time. We've been supporting from a distance, as maybe some of us are doing already. We're supporting our fellow Christians from a distance. We're supporting the world from a distance. But we haven't entered the fight. So Japan took a lot of ground that day. The U.S. mounted their forces, ended up coming back, and their response was amazing. The response was amazing. They took island by island by island by island of Japan while also fighting through Africa and in Europe. So they had multiple fronts, right, going on. Did they have trouble? Yeah. Yeah, they did. They did. Right? And many of you may have fought in that war your parents or grandparents may have, right? They experienced tremendous uh, affliction, loss, pain, but the response was no. Not today. We're not going to accept that. And the war ended with Japan after the bombings the two atomic bombs that were dropped, right? So whenever the devil attacks you, your response is to nuke him in the face. Okay? You, you literally understand. The attack on Pearl Harbor was the awakening of the uh, sleeping giant called the United States. Okay? That's what we were termed and coined. We had not entered the war. It was a war in a far-off place. We were not going to get involved. Right? But as soon as we were attacked, boom, game on. We play for keeps. And as Christians, we need to do the same thing. We play for keeps. Whenever the devil attacks you, he should be scared that he's literally going to be uh, counterattacked so fiercely that your power will then be released and you'll take more ground than you would have previously. So that needs to be our response. Let's all pray really quick. Head down to eyes closed. Maybe we could have the prayer team also come up as well at this time. God, we thank you so much for today. 
God, we thank you for the ways that you discipline us. Even the rough ones, even the difficult ones, the painful ones. But we love it. But we love it. We love that you're making us better, that you're establishing us on higher ground, on sturdier ground. We just declare, God, right now that oppression over us is ending. We say 2018, we go to war. Every promise over us, we say it's fulfilled in Jesus' name. We will not tarry. We will not back down in Jesus' name. We will destroy the enemy's works. 2018 is a time of taking ground. We declare that right now in Jesus' name. We say whatever the devil tries to steal, we take seven times more in Jesus' name. We say this is a new season. We enter into it with joy. We know that you go before us fighting our battles. We thank you, Jesus, that you've ordained authority and dominion and success. And we are enforcing that in 2018. We are taking ground. We are taking ground. Everyone say, I'm taking ground. I'm taking ground. This is a new season. The old has passed away. The new has come. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You're amazing. Yeah, you're amazing, God. Let's worship. Just as we end, let's worship into that. Trusting God in that promises. If you have something that needs prayer, some oppression, some healing, whatever that you want gone, you're like, I'm not dealing with this next year. I'm not dealing with this with this next year. If that's you, please come up and receive prayer. Get some freedom from that. Thank you for you guys. Let's worship into this. Have a fantastic uh, 2018. I'll see you next year.